Welcome to The Pulpit, Calvary Moravian's weekly sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Lane Sapp. And I'm Pastor Chaz Snyder. We hope you'll be able to use this recording of last week's sermon to dwell deeper in God's Word. God is our help, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Though its waters roar and foam, through the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the sword and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our New Testament epistle reading is taken from Romans chapter 3 verses 19 through 28. Now we have, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets hear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom put forward by, as an explanation by his blood to be received by faith, this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies him who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On the principle of works? No, but on the principle of faith. For we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. 
Our gospel reading is taken from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. If I speak of what I have seen, excuse me, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you have heard from your and you have heard from your father. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thank you. Please be seated. Let us join now in a time of prayer and meditation. O oh God, our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble, we come to you in this hour of worship, filled with faith and confidence in your sovereignty. We know that you alone are our only hope, the hope on which our lives are grounded. So when the storms of life rage within us and in our world, Fill us with courage, O eternal and mighty fortress. Today we offer our prayers for a world that seems so broken. From the chaos in the natural world to chaos on our streets and in the halls of government, we long for peace and reconciliation for our nation. We earnestly pray that you will be at work to heal our land. We pray for the end of violence in neighborhoods, in schools, in homes, and in places of business. And we pray especially in this election season that cool heads will prevail and you will keep all candidates for office and their families all polling places and workers safe from any harm. We all long for the day when we can feel secure. We don't always have to look around us to see what violence may be lurking in our midst. And Lord, make us keenly aware of the words we use in our behaviors that we may never contribute in any way to the undoing of the peace you want the world to know in your son Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We also pray, Lord God, for those in our midst among our church family who are in need of your presence, your peace, and your healing mercy. For those who struggle with difficult decisions, for many who grieve, for those who face chronic health issues, 
for those who have just had surgery, for those who continue in therapy, for any who need the experience of your touch, we pray today. Embrace and enfold each one in your mercy, and may they know your undergirding strength in their lives. And finally, O Lord, keep reforming your church and let that process begin with us that we may be the church you intend. Forgive us when we fail to be the people you have called us to be. And by your spirit, remake us in your image. For we ask all of these things through your son who makes all things new. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Rising very early one morning, an experienced hunter was roaming through a field near his house. I heard the barking of several dogs chasing a deer, and looking at the large open field in front of me, I saw a young fawn making its way across the field and giving signs that it was absolutely exhausted from the chase. It leapt over the rails of the enclosed place and crouched within ten feet of where I stood. A moment later, two hounds came over, and the fawn ran in my direction and pushed its way between my legs. And then I lifted the little thing to my chest, and swinging round and round, I fought off all of the dogs. And just then, I felt that all the dogs in the West... (laughs) could not and would not capture that fawn after its weakness and after it had appealed to my strength. We all long for safety, a place where we can find security and rest from the many storms of life. The writer of today's psalm longed for such a place, particularly as Jerusalem was facing an invasion at the hand of the Assyrians. And in those trying times, the psalmist was inspired to write the immortal words of Scripture that we prayed this morning, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. The words remind us, don't they? That even if the mountains which appear so strong and so resilient were to collapse, or if the whole earth were to change, we would still have our refuge in God. The Hebrew word for refuge is literally a high place or a high tower, a retreat, you might say, where we cannot be reached by what would hurt or what would destroy but a place of absolute trust and security. During an earthquake a few years ago, the inhabitants of a small village were very much alarmed. One older woman who was a matriarch of the whole community whom they all knew was surprisingly calm and joyous through the whole thing. And after it was all over, someone asked to her, Mother, were you not afraid? No, she replied, I rejoice to know that I have a God who can 
shake the world. (laughs) That's the kind of faith that's expressed in today's psalm that even during chaos, God is our refuge and our shelter from any storm. Everything else can be shaken. As we've seen through so many recent hurricanes and storms, But God is that one thing that cannot be shaken. The psalmist continues, God is in the midst of her, meaning Israel, and she shall not be moved. God will help her right early. The nations rage, he says, and the kingdoms totter. But he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our refuge. What is a refuge? It's a hiding place. And God, knowing our instinctive tendency to hide, tells us in his loving way that it's all right to hide. And it's so right that his promises are to be our hiding place. In other words, when you feel overcome by fear, call upon God and you will feel his presence. And in that presence, you will feel safer than you've ever felt before. Who wouldn't feel safe in the arms of one who created the universe and all that's in it? So when we experience fear, the first thing we must do is hide in the presence of God. We live in such turbulent times at home and across the globe. There is volatile political upheaval among the nations. One nation, it seems, threatens the other day by day. There's armed violence across the globe as we've seen in recent months in Ukraine. There's violence in our own streets. One commentator observes there is instability along a resurgent of Russia's periphery, growing frictions with an increasingly assertive China, the provocation of a rapidly nuclear North Korea, and the profound chaos at work that continues in the Middle East. The world now seems, he says, less stable and more dangerous than any time since the Cold War. The words of Psalm 46 are as true today as they were when they were first spoken to Israel. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. It sometimes does feel like everything's falling apart. Yet the psalmist says in calm assurance, the Lord of hosts is with us, meaning that God's presence is all that is required. Martin Luther, who followed in the footsteps of our own John Huss and helped give birth to the Protestant Reformation, which we remember today, wrote the words of our closing hymn, which has been known throughout the centuries as the great anthem of the Protestant church. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Luther wrote those words based on today's psalm, expressing in his hymn text 
the same unfailing trust of the psalmist who knew that God was his people's only refuge and only strength. And as we stand in just moments and we sing those immortal words, the strains of the organ and our own strong voices will raise in triumphant song and leave us feeling like we could battle any foe with God's strength, almost like a rallying cry for the church. One pastor describes it this way, as a child when I sang, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, I felt as if I were thumbing my nose at the devil, the world, and all the enemies of the church. This hymn was the song of the Reformation. It was full of hope and full of pride. But when we look at the time in which Luther wrote these words, The hymn wasn't so much a battle cry as it was a hymn of comfort. Scholars tell us that Luther did not write this great hymn of faith when things were going well for him. He wrote it around 1527, one of the darkest periods of his life. Just listen. In August of that year, a man who followed Luther's teaching had been martyred. In the fall of that same year, a plague broke out in Wittenberg where Luther lived. In that same year, Luther wrote to a colleague, We are all in good health except for myself. I am physically well, but outwardly the whole world and inwardly the devil and his angels are making me suffer. On top of all of this, in December of 1527, Luther's daughter Elizabeth was born with all kinds of physical problems. And in May of the next year, she died. After spending six months wrestling with the Lord in prayer to save his sick daughter, Luther was mentally and spiritually exhausted. And from 1525 onward, struggles came to him on multiple fronts. It was during this trying time in his life, not in moments of triumph, that Luther wrote the immortal words of the hymn we will sing. God's word forever shall abide. No thanks to foes who fear it, for God himself fights by our side with weapons of the Spirit. Were they to take our house, our goods, our honor, our child, our spouse, Though life be wrenched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom is ours forever. Sounds like the author of Psalm 46, doesn't it? God is our refuge and our strength, our very present help in times of trouble. You know, as God has sustained all his people from generation to generation, as he was with our forebears who tried to reform the church and make it better, as he was with John Huss when he was burned at the stake, as he was with Martin Luther in facing his trials and tribulation, so God has been the refuge of his people throughout all ages. And his promise is true for you and it's true for me because there is nothing in this world there is no pain there is no suffering there is no war there is no calamity there is nothing that can ever separate us from God and from his love 
That's the assurance that we have today. In these trying days of our global and national life, that's the assurance we have when we're faced with illness or financial struggle or difficulty with relationships or the process of aging, raising children, dealing with addiction, whatever it is. In our lives at this moment, God promises to be our refuge and our strength. Notice that the psalmist does not say just a help in trouble. He says a very present help in trouble. And we know that present help means someone who is close by, who is ready to help us immediately. Very present help is a way of saying that God is more present to us in our time of need than any trouble that we face. God is bigger than all the trials that come to us and he is in control of our lives even when we may not be able to see that. He's right next to us and he will never let anything destroy our relationship with him. In May of 1940, the German Blitzkrieg ran through the Netherlands and the other low countries. Within months, Nazification of the Dutch people began and the quiet life of the Ten Boom family was changed forever. During the war, their home became a refuge for Jews, students, and intellectuals. The facade of the watch shop made the house an ideal front for all of these activities in a secret room no larger than a small wardrobe closet was built into Corey Ten Boom's bedroom behind a false wall. The space could hold up to six people, but all of them had to stand quiet and still. A crude ventilation system was installed to provide air for the occupants. And when security sweeps would come through the neighborhood, a buzzer in the house would signal danger, allowing these Jewish refugees a little over a minute to seek sanctuary in their hiding place. The entire Ten Boom family became active in what was known as the Dutch resistance, risking their lives to harbor those hunted by the Gestapo. Some fugitives would stay only a few hours while others would stay several days until another safe house could be located. Corey Ten Boom became a leader in the movement, overseeing the work of safe houses in the, in the Netherlands. And through these activities, it was estimated that 800 Jewish lives were saved from concentration camps. When a Dutch carpenter secretly entered the Ten Boom house to help them construct this hiding place for Jews that would not be easily found by the Nazis, the craftsman remarked to the Ten Boom family, you want your hiding place as high as possible, he said, because that gives you the best chance to reach safety while the search is going on below on the lower floors. 
while everything around us may seem chaotic at times, when we may anxiously fear what lies ahead, when storms in our lives rage, and I mean rage, when we feel so threatened and so alone, there's a higher place that we can go, a place found in our hearts, a place where we can be secure with a God who loves us so much. God, as Luther discovered in tumultuous times, is indeed a hiding place. This is the same assurance that you and I have today as we face challenges individually sitting here in this sanctuary, as we face challenges in our nation there is a strength that is greater than our strength. There is a wisdom that is greater than ours. There is a power for good and right that will always defeat any evil. Listen again to Luther's words. A mighty fortress is our God, a sword and shield victorious. He breaks the cruel oppressor's rod, and win salvation glorious. The old satanic foe has sworn to work us woe. With craft and dreadful might, he arms himself to fight. On earth, he has no equal. May this assurance be ours, both now and to eternity. Let us pray. Whatever it is that we may be facing this morning, Lord, remind us that you are our hiding place. You are that secure place where we can go and know that we are loved beyond measure and that there is nothing in this world that can ever keep us from you. So give us assurance this day and help us to be vehicles of that same assurance for others as they struggle, that you are indeed our mighty fortress and in you we have hope. Amen.